Were you disappointed with the Bulls' Ring of Honor ceremony last Friday night? What was the worst element of it? Do you consider it a black eye for the organization? I was sitting right there next to Paul Sullivan. I was attending that game, and I was looking forward to the ceremony. And it was so disappointing. It was stunning. It was shameful. It was classless. And it was uncalled for. I know people will say, well, what did you expect? You know what I, I think I did expect? Get over it. Get over it, people. It was a long time ago. Show some respect for the dead. He's not there. Jerry Krause, rest in peace. His widow was. Could they have put her picture up there first and maybe mitigated some of the damage? Perhaps. If the Bulls want to own that, okay. But why do people feel so compelled? Everybody knows Jerry Krause is is gone, not among us. And this is a way of honoring him forever. Basketball immortality in the ring of honor. Show some respect. I don't want to accept the fact that it's just a sign of the times and people can pay what they do for tickets and that buys them and entitles them to say and do whatever they want. That's true. You want to boo the team, boo the team. But show some respect. Expect more out of people. Be better. Come on. It was disappointing. It could have been handled much differently. And I, I left there feeling like this was one of the low points in Chicago sports fandom that I had been a part of. Wow. That, that's saying a lot. Lowest. They, I, I felt bad for the widow. No doubt about that. I did feel, though, re-watching it, like live, it's kind of, you know, one. And then I re-watched it because I thought we'd be talking about it, and we are. I felt like then there were, like, I, I felt like the fans the good fans heard the booing and then they tried to override the boos with ovation. That, that's what I, that's, that's how I took it. Now, David, you were there. I was not there. So I'm taking, but I, did you hear, did you hear it change or is that me? Yeah, I, I think that maybe you did Dustin, but I think that you were still so like flabbergasted by the initial response that maybe it was not as powerful as the first booing. And, and of course that was bad, but I, I thought like, you nobody spoke no nobody spoke it was a really bad the ring of honor was a terrible ceremony they didn't even introduce everybody thank you it was it was kind of i get it it's at halftime and it's hurried and you you know you got the coach of the other team there at the beginning i mean i, I understand what the complications are but they did not and, and i mean Michael's not there, and Scotty's not there, and Rodman's not there. It's hard to imagine the Bulls having that kind of team without those three guys. And I think that, you know, Jerry Krause, I covered Jerry Krause, okay? He was the general manager of that team, and I, um, I got to know him very well. And I had a complicated relationship with him because anybody that covered Jerry – had to deal with different things from him. And and I think, honestly, I believe that he was he was kind of Kenny Williams. He was the guy assigned to cover for Jerry. So he was always defending Jerry, and he was always defending every decision they made, and he was trying to take credit for what he had done, which is draft every player uh on the on the Championship teams except Michael Jordan, and that's the problem. He didn't draft Michael Jordan, and Michael and Scotty and all these guys got kind of fed up with them, and that's where the fans did 
pick up this boo for Jerry Krause. But to answer your question, what do you expect from people? Class. I expect class. And to have the man is gone. And to, to listen to people boo him, Dustin, it was chilling. It was just like, oh, no. And then to see his widow weep. Come on, man. I mean, you know, whoever you are that was out there booing. And I, I, I kind of feel like they should be banned from the stadium. <laughs> like, I kind of feel like I was so, I was so distraught over that. And you know what I regretted most? is not anticipating it, and we should have freaking said something. Don't do that. I, I, Somebody I should have come thing, out Molly. and said, I, do I said not that to, do to, that. To Sully, I, and I felt kind of, I don't know if it was silly, but it, regretful that I did not anticipate that kind of reaction. And some people said, what did you expect? Didn't expect that. No. I think that no. there's a standard that you want to hope people can meet when they go to a sporting event. Right? There's just... We're, we're not that city, man. We're the, not the people that boo. I, I mean... Lack of civility should not be as no, acceptable as it if, is. If Jerry was out there, boo him. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, boo fine. him. They won six titles. I don't know why you would. But don't go after anybody that is gone and try not to take on yeah. someone else's issue. If it's not you, then what are you doing booing him? Awful. Just, I mean, honestly, I was disgusted by it, Dustin. And you know what? I didn't go back a second time because okay. I heard Just, it as it happened. By I the know way, you, I know you okay. did, but I'm saying I didn't go back to check exactly. I heard it once, and that was enough. Different question on a different topic. Mike Florio, eight forty-four with Mully and Hall. What did you make of Connor Bedard returning to the ice to skate? One week after surgery on that fractured jaw, Coach Luke Richardson said Bedard has been begging to get back on the ice, and he's been told not to take any slap shots for fear of clenching the jaw. I I got nothing but time for Connor Bedard and Luke Richardson, frankly. I mean, the kid's a rink rat. He can't play. You know, when 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 they were at the draft, he was skating around. Like, he just needs to be on the ice, and he needs to work on his game. You know, he wore the cage. I love the idea that that he's already preparing for when he comes back, and he's going to be ready to go. He doesn't want to get out of shape, out of condition. He wants to to skate, and he wants to play hockey. And unfortunately, that has been taken from him by injury. But um, it is um, it, it is just uh, it's difficult. The idea that you know don't take a slap shot because if you clench your jaw, you could re-injure yourself. I mean, this kid's going through hell, but he's going to be ready to come back, and he is his season is far from over. Yeah, yeah, you got to love the guy. I mean, he's just a is it is an ice rat is that is it you know we call him basketball ring rat ring rat okay ring rat um rink rink like the hockey rink yep rink rat yeah i think that connor bedard is is rare in that he is a unbelievable talent who has an uncommon dedication and you always hear all the time, and it always brings you back to when they when the Bears had Khalil Mack. Is like when your best player is also your most committed player, your most dedicated worker. It's a great situation to be in. The Hawks are in that situation, and may they be in that situation for the next decade plus. 
Connor Bedard being on the ice made me chuckle a week after jaw surgery because that's where hockey players want to be. That's where they're most comfortable. You talk about healing, it's mental, it's physical, and him being on the ice is part of the recovery. Is just so he can be there. This is the longest stretch the kid has ever been off the ice. He's 18 years old. He doesn't know any anywhere else that brings him comfort and joy, and and probably it's part of his healing process. So as long as he adheres to the uh, no slap shot rule, at least for another week, <laughs> then fine. And I love the way Luke Richardson kind of there's a, there's this acceptance like a parent. You understand that, yeah, you may this may be pushing the envelope a little bit, but what else are you going to do? He's going to be miserable if you keep him off the ice. So I hope he recovers, and I hope he comes back in that six to eight weeks, becomes four to six, and when he comes back, he's safe, and he's the same player that we saw before he left. This will be a pick six. There's your ball game. How do you explain Cody Bellinger being the biggest star at Cubs Con when he wasn't even at Cubs Con? Will you be disappointed as Dansby Swanson if the Cubs don't get this done? Before we get to next year, we got to re-sign Belly. So that's all I'm going to say. I loved that from Dansby Swanson. I loved that he spoke it, and I hope he speaks it to an existence, but he acknowledged the elephant in the room. Cody Bellinger's name was mentioned more than any other Cub over the weekend. It was a great event. I uh, was there on Saturday morning, talked to Jed Hoyer, talked to Crane Kenny, and we talked to Dansby Swanson, who was sporting the sweetest cowboy hat on Friday looked like a country music star and his wife gave it to him and he told the whole story and yeah applied the pressure on Jed and he was saying that on stage and the audience went crazy as you heard because everybody knows for the Cubs to have an offseason that they can feel good about that can make them feel like they're giving Craig Council a team that was better than the one that finished last season you got to sign belly you got to bring him back and put him in the middle of that lineup because then you can justify a lot of other things. And, hey, Jed said it was the fourth inning of the offseason. So there's a lot of baseball left. Well, I think it even – I mean, everybody knew that that would be the talk, especially amongst the people gathered, would be Cody Bellinger and that they would be asking at all these different panels, you know, everybody's opinion on Cody Bellinger. But part of it also started right here Friday after – Friday morning. Ron Coomer was sitting right where David is, and he said, I think there's a very a very good chance oh, yeah. that Cody Bellinger's a Cub. Yep. I mean, Coom doesn't say that without talking to people. So I think that a lot of that started here on Friday, ahead of CubsCon. Yeah, I you know, I think the fans are right, and I got no problem with the players and everybody – I felt bad for Tom Ricketts because I think they're going to sign him. And the idea that you haven't signed him fast enough is goofy to me. I think they need to get the best deal they can for him. And that may be put off a little bit. could take another month or two. You could be in uh, camp when you finally get that done. But I think that he's going to be back. And I think everybody knows that you can't, give Craig Council a team that's worse than the one he thought he was going to manage. So I I um I love the reaction. I I think that he is hovering over the organization. I think it's good news that uh that they're probably going to sign him and you can't say they're definitely going to sign him cuz you don't know who else could get involved or you don't but I think they're they got a number in mind and I think they're going to give him the money. And I just hope it doesn't become a bidding war. I hope it's a sensible 
kind of $200 million, which is an insane <laughs> thing to say. Yeah, but I think you're right in waiting out Scott Boris as long as he wants to wait this out. The Cubs are getting a better deal and eventually so. will end up with one, I hope.